This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Rapid Reaction Edition. I'm Ryan Stiles and with me, once again, is Grant Tuttle for the first time in a millennium. The Chiefs lose their first game of the 2019 slate, although it is a preseason game, so it doesn't matter that they fell to the Steelers 17-7. Grant, how are you doing today on your debut on the rapid reaction edition of the Earth. Well, you know, podcast. I'm fine. Uh, my eyes glazed over a little bit during this game, uh, and it's the first one I've gotten to watch, you know, so it's kind of weird to be tired watching a Chiefs game, but here we are. Yeah, I was very excited last week watching this team play the Bengals. Uh, I talked about it for like 25 minutes, I think, is what the episode ended up being last week. Very excited, very enthusiastic. I thought the energy level was great if I'm grading myself. But this week was a different story. Like you said, at halftime, I was done with this game. I was done. Like, a quarter of the way through the third quarter, the NFL Network switched the game to the Cowboys game. Uh, I'm not local to Kansas City, so I could not watch on KCTV5. Uh, And I was not upset about it. I mean, I wanted to watch the rest of the game, but it was a slugger. It was a slugfest of a game. The players were moving slow. I mean, it literally felt like the players were moving in slow motion. There's a, there a lot of trouble. The offense wasn't crisp. It was there's rough. A lot of, uh, there's a lot of stuff that wasn't very fun to watch. Uh, my least favorite thing to watch, surprisingly, uh, was Kyle Shermer. Uh, here's a guy that I thought was a sixth or seventh round. Oh, mine was Carlos Okay, I. that's fair, too. But, you know, like, Kyle Shermer looks like that kid <laughs> in high school that gets a chance to play just because his dad is one of the coaches, even though he's not really very good. But I feel like that's exactly why he's getting a look. He ha- he has His physical talent is nowhere near that of Chase Litton, so I have a- absolutely no real idea why he's getting a shot before Litton, but Litton went down with injury, so we might be stuck with Shermer on the practice squad while uh, Reed does his thing where he IRs somebody for the entire season for no real reason. The IR spot could be going to Matt Kemp, who came up lame uh, in this game, and then also Andy Reid said after the game that he's going to get an MRI tomorrow. So we'll have more about that on the regular edition of the Earth Attic Podcast. Deion Yelder went down as well. Uh, They said that he had a he was on crutches and wearing a boot, uh, so something with his ankle. But that was the one that they didn't mention that one. Yeah, I saw that first from Brooke Pryor. they, They didn't mention that one as a serious injury, so I have no idea. And then Honey Badger also got hurt, as well as Brylin Speaks, but nothing nothing seems to be too concerning about those two injuries. Uh, luckily, 
Uh, Andy Reid's had by far Matt Kemp is the most serious, you know, of all the injuries that they had today, which they really didn't have any injuries uh, last right. week against the Bengals uh, of note. And that, you know, that kind of flipped real fast. Again, it was raining, you know, and it's football, so there's a lot of chances to get hurt. Um, but it's funny you say that about Kyle Shermer because last week I thought he was better than Chase Linton just watching him. I thought Chase Linton looked more comfortable in the offense, but he's also had a lot more time in the offense. I thought that just pound for pound, I thought Kyle Shermer looked pretty good last week. Obviously, I will not get to watch how he did this week until, I believe, 3 o'clock in the morning. I have it set to record and watching the second half of the Chiefs game in the morning. Uh, but I trust your eyes. I think that if you say he doesn't look good, he I mean, look he good. A, but I thought last like week he was really like good. complete dog crap or anything like that it was it was just he had a couple throws where he he snuck one by a a defender and that was nice but he just has no he has no actual arm talent which is is depressing to watch you know like watching somebody like if you remember when the chiefs were in the dark ages of tyler palco tyler palco had no arm talent Mm -hmm. no none whatsoever and they kept marching him out there and kyle Shermer it looks like the Alex Smith version of Tyler Palco. So, um, if that makes any sense. It's not like he's garbage. He's just definitely, I don't believe, as good as Litton is right offhand. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. I cannot wait to, to look at that, you know, for myself this uh, this morning, next morning. But, uh, yeah, I, I you know, I'm not really going to go too far deep into the third quarterback on the roster. If Patrick Mahomes goes down, this team is screwed. If Chase Henney goes down, this team is going to pick number one in the draft. So, or Chad Henney. I don't know why I just called him Chase I mean, Henney. that's fine. But, it's Chase, uh, Chad. It's do you want to stick with Henny name, Henny it, time? Yeah. If Henny's in the game, we're drinking a lot of Hennessy on this podcast because <laughs> this team's going to be terrible. So, <laughs> Oh, man. But, I mean. It, Chase, Chad. We should probably do the disappointing stuff first. Also, we should note that we're recording this at like 3 o'clock, in the, at like 11 o'clock in the morning, so. It's Aerohatic Podcast After Dark. We should we should like uh, we should like do the disappointing stuff first and get that out of the way so we can have the good news like last to leave that off with people. So right along with Kyle after sure. Kyle Shermer, we should address like how bad Carlos Hyde looked, uh, which was your most disappointing part. Um, so I'll let you take the uh, wheel for a little bit. I mean Carlos Hyde like. He just he just doesn't look good out there. I mean, he does not look like an NFL caliber back out there. And that's disappointing whenever you think about his career as a whole. He didn't have that good of a year, of a year last year. This year, though, even in Andy Reid's system, where Andy Reid get, gets praised as, as being able to just plug and play running backs and figure it out, it doesn't look like he's gelling or it doesn't look like he has the talent anymore to go and compete on Sundays. I think he's the worst running back in that running back room. I think both Williams are better than him. I think Darwin Thompson is better than him. And I don't think he's a necessity to have on this roster because as you put in these notes, these Google Doc notes, he doesn't even look powerful. So what package are you going to use him in to where he is a elite option for this team? He's not even close to being one of the best options. Like I said, I think he's the fourth option. And they only have well, four guys. To- to us, well, I guess they have five because Tremont Smith's running it's back. It's not a yeah, he doesn't count. But uh, the the um, <laughs> the thing is, is we don't get to choose, and it seems like they like Carlos Hyde. Um, he's a guy that can um, give you some good pass blocking, which is huge in the Andy Reid system, obviously. 
um, but he lost a fumble, and uh, he didn't look powerful, like you said. Uh, he uh, Compared to Daryl Williams, Daryl Williams was running over guys. Now, given Carlos Hyde was playing against tougher competition, but Daryl Williams like kept falling forward. He kept doing that. He kept gaining a few extra yards at the end of every run. Hyde did not look like he had that kind of power. So, yeah, he was obviously a disappointment. Um, secondly, I think we're going to move on to the offensive line. Uh, I was not overly thrilled with how much pressure Chad Henning got, and even later in the game it looked worse, um, which is which is to be expected to an extent. Uh, but I definitely don't like that Patrick Mahomes was getting pressured uh, by Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt. Now, T.J. Watt's a good player, but uh, <laughs> Bud Dupree has been kind of a joke because he was, a, I believe, a first-round pick, and he never really formed out to be anything, and he was getting pressure on uh, the Chiefs' first two quarterbacks. So I I didn't like what I saw, and I think it might just be the field was slick and people were sluggish, but, yeah, ugly, ugly, ugly game. Yeah, really from the offensive side of the ball, or really this entire game, you, you automatically don't try to take too much from preseason, but I really don't take anything from this because the game got delayed, the field was just disgusting, and even Mahomes looked off. I mean, there was a few passes where he's usually money on, and he just overshot them. Uh, you know, the offensive line, sure, you, you would like him to shirt up more. Uh, I was not as uh, worried about it as you were. Like I said, I've got to watch the second half tomorrow morning, so it, you know the, the backups could have been just awful for all I know. But as far as the first-team unit, there were some things they needed to shirt up for sure, but like I said, this game to me had even more outliers than normal preseason games do. I was much more concerned with what we have later on with Dorno Daniel, like I mentioned last week. Yeah, uh, so basically we can just lump all these together. Um, Daniel Sorensen missed a couple open field tackles, which is what the Chiefs are kind of wanting from him. He's kind of the guy that they like as their their box guy, the guy that can rotate in uh, and take some of those snaps. Uh, And he missed some open field tackles. He didn't look sharp. Um, he's not particularly great in coverage, so he's got to pick something up if he's going to uh, make this roster. And the most troubling, as you mentioned, uh, Dorian O'Daniel was once again playing with the third team, and Jordan Lucas was in there at the third team. And I I thought Jordan Lucas, I wrote an article about him making the roster. Uh, he was hurt last week, so he didn't get to see anything, so I figured, yeah, he's probably the guy over Armani Watts, but Watts was playing before him. So it's it's a good chance to me that it, Lucas and O'Daniel might be on the chopping block. Uh, they looked good with the third team, but they were playing with the third team. Yeah, and, and these are two guys who, going into camp, you would think had solidified at least a roster spot on this team, even with the new defensive coordinator, even with the new scheme. You think that they had put enough on tape to be able to, for sure, make the 53-man roster. I mean, the hype around Dorian O'Daniel last year, including from myself, I'm not uh, excused from this, was incredible. I saw Chiefs fans already having his jersey on whenever I went to the Chargers game. It was I mean, people thought he was going to be a legitimate contributor to that defense. I did as well. And now, did you see how far he's fallen? I talked about it last week. It's just so disappointing. Because last year, he legitimately looked like he could play at this NFL level and play at it at least as a quality depth piece. Yeah. And um, now, I think he looks that, like he's going to be cut. 
Yeah, I, I think that O'Daniel's a guy that uh, shows flashes of athleticism, uh, and I think that's what the Chiefs like the most. But I think, sadly, a lot of the chances of him making the roster uh, went down when the Chiefs uh, traded for Darren Lee. They do the same the same thing, but Darren Lee has more experience. Uh, O'Daniel w- was drafted, and they the first thing they said about him was he was a good special teams player. And now it seems like that might be what they were sticking with. Maybe they thought that they could open open him up a special team spot. But as far as actual playing time goes, it does not look like he has much of a shot. Uh, it looks like he's he might be on his way to another team where I think he has a chance of contributing somewhere else because unquestionably both Lucas and O'Daniel, if cut, will go somewhere else. Yeah, Jordan Lucas, again, the same the same song and dance as Dorno Daniel. I thought he did enough last year to have a roster spot. I thought he was going to be a part of the secondary, and now it's up in the air. Now, I do like Armani Watts a lot. I think he played really well last uh, last week. Again, I'll see him this week, probably tomorrow. But I thought, I thought that there was room kind of for both of them. It's interesting to note that they are playing with a third team, as you did, and that doesn't mean for sure that they're going to get cut, but it does. It also does not train well. For yeah, them. it definitely raises the alarm bells. But maybe we should transition away from the disappointing stuff, go towards something that's more fun and lighthearted, even though we lost by 10 and only scored 7 points in a preseason game. But Juan Thornhill, uh, while we mourn the loss of Jordan Lucas, maybe we can think more about Juan Thornhill. Uh <laughs> by having his uh, touchdown-saving play in the first half. And then on the telecast, I'm sure you didn't get this because you were watching on NFL Network, but Brett Veach was interviewed and was raving about his athleticism and ability. Um, and so that that makes a, a fan's um, antennas race. I think that he very well could be on his way to uh, starting along with the Honey Badger, uh, which, is, I, which is what I think everybody wants. So he looks good. He looks athletic. Um, I like what I saw, so that's that's really what I got on Thornhill. Yeah, I think in a couple weeks, whenever the team takes on Jacksonville, he's your starting safety. I think that that's kind of just the writing on the wall right now is that he's going to be your starting safety, and for good reason. I think he's going to be a guy who Chiefs fans latch on to, and he becomes a fan favorite instantly due to his play on the field. Uh, and like I said, great plays tonight in the first half. Really good plays. Even on plays where where maybe you didn't notice it because the ball didn't go his way, he was still doing his job and doing it very well uh, on that side of the field. Very good for him. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, we can move on to the next top performers because one Thornhill, that's really all I got on him because I think he's going to start, and I think he played really well. Yeah, uh, I thought Thornhill, like I said, covers a lot of ground. Uh, he's really athletic. Um and he made that diving touchdown-saving play, which was a flashy thing that people had been hearing about him in camp, and he finally showed it on the field. Uh, so that was fun to watch. But moving on to uh, the next line was Tano Passanio. Uh, once again, he got some pressure on the quarterback. He didn't have a sack or anything, but he got a couple nice pressures, and uh, he had a run stop uh, in the second half, which I'm sure you didn't see. Um, but he looks like he could make this roster as kind of a hybrid type guy for a NASCAR package. Um, but he looked better than Breland Speaks again. 
Um, Speaks is not a an edge rusher like I think the Chiefs want him to be. They should move him inside and just get this this painful slow painfully slow Speaks uh, inside because it's uh, it's getting tough to watch. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I thought Passanio had a pretty decent game. Yeah, and did you see the clip where uh, Passanio and Speaks ran to each other in the backfield and Mason Rudolph was able to avoid yeah, them? Yeah, it was pretty great. But it's pretty great. I think Pass, <laughs> I think Passanio is for sure a lock on this roster. I think that Spags loves him and loves what he brings to the table, and I think that he's a guy that's going to be a project this year and only use, as you said, in specialty packages and only use to just straight pin his ears back and run at the passer. But I think that he also has some potential which we thought Boone Speaks might have, but now it looks like it's Passanio's you know, future ahead of us instead of Speaks, unless, of course, like you said, they move Speaks around and get him in a spot where he's more comfortable. But I think Passanio's a lock for this roster. I think he had two nice games tonight and last, uh, last week. I think he's had a really good training camp. You know, uh, If you listen to the press conferences after each practice, they're just raving about him and how much he's improved. So I think he's a lock. I think he's going to be a specialty guy, though, as you said. And we'll see how he improves throughout the course of the season. Yeah. So um, before we move on to the offensive side of the ball with a few highlights that we have, uh, I just want to briefly mention that Herb Miller had another good game. Uh, and um, he was also mentioned by Brett Veach uh, on the telecast. So he was saying um, that Herb Miller has been a, de- a pretty good surprise. Uh, I don't know exactly what that means. We shouldn't probably read into what the general manager is saying on public television, but there's that. Um, and to me, just from an observant uh, point of view, I think that Mark Fields uh, looks like a very solid corner, uh, and it would be a shame if he could not snag a roster spot. But uh, that's my last two thoughts on the defense. I would like to get your take on those things. Yeah. I raved about Mark Fields all last week after that Bengals game. He looked really good again tonight. Herb Miller, last week, really his big play was an interception at the end of the half where it just got thrown right to him because it was a Hail Mary situation. But tonight he made a a few eye-popping plays uh, where I was really impressed with him. I think that he's a guy who's going to perform well throughout these next few weeks and look really good and be a tough cut. But I think Mark Fields, as you said, is going to – find a way onto this roster. I think that he has that swagger, that confidence, and the sustainability to do this against regular season competition and not just in the preseason. Yeah, so I, I thought that uh, Mark Fields um, Mark Fields and Bashad Breeland were my two favorite corners of tonight. Uh, Charvarius Ward had a ball end up right in his face mask, um, so I'm not going to give him too much credit on that, uh, but he looked pretty decent as well. So the corners uh, were, were not disappointing. Um, so that was good. Um, but Kendall Fuller forced Ke- the yeah, fumble. Yeah, Kendall Fuller did force a fumble there too. Um, so, I mean, we can... I mean, everyone forced a fumble this yeah, game. That's true. We can be happy about that. But uh, so I think that maybe we should move on to the more disappointing part, uh, which was the offense, which is harder to find um, positivity in. But uh, I think that both the backup tight ends look pretty good. What do you think about that? I heard that you were a, a big Blake Bell fanatic last week. I was a Blake Bell stan, and I still am. <laughs> I think that Blake Bell 
has the second tight end spot to lose. I think that there is room for both these guys on the roster, though, barring injury for Yelder. But I think Blake Bell is the guy. Uh, I was really impressed with him last week, and I just think that he's your man as second tight end. Yeah, uh, I thought that both players played pretty well. Uh, Yelder had a really nice grab over the middle. Um, in fact, the one that he got hurt on was was very impressive. With uh, Shermer snuck a ball right over the defender's hands, and he came down with it uh, and got both feet in bounce before he went down. But he landed awkwardly on his ankle, and um, that's what uh, that's why he's in a boot now. But they both uh, look pretty solid for being guys that I had little to no confidence in. Uh, going into things so uh, I like both the guys Um, either one's good for me Uh, you're Blake Bell guy I think that I actually liked Yelder's um, overall ability more but uh, I can get behind Blake Bell's receiving skills um, better so uh, either guy either guy's good yeah I need you to get on board I need (laughs) you to get on board so this can be a Blake Bell fan podcast I don't I I mean think of all the things you could do with Blake Bell you could put him in a wildcat as a quarterback. You could just, in a goal situation, have him belldoze his way in there. It's pretty, gonna be pretty mean, fun. It's going to be I pretty mean, fun. I mean, but that's uh, what, and, I thought that's what Anthony Sherman was for. Hey, <laughs> he did have uh, Travis Kelsey throwing passes during the Alex Smith era, so you never know. You never know, happen. but I don't think that he's he, – he probably is not desperate to move the ball like that anymore. I don't think Andy Reid's, like, thinking – how can we give the ball to somebody else besides Patrick Mahomes to throw the football? Yeah. I don't think that's. I don't yeah, think I don't that's think he's thing. thinking about how to take the ball away nope, from Mahomes. I definitely don't. So, but coming into the preseason, I was deathly afraid of the tight end situation. I like Blake Bell. He was a he was a decent quarterback at Oklahoma. He was fun to watch at Oklahoma. I don't. I didn't like him as the second tight end on this team coming into the preseason. I thought that that was arguably their weakest position group because if Travis Kelsey gets hurt, which he's known to do, at least for a couple games, you don't have anyone. But then, it's all these guys in action. Remember that Patrick Mahomes is a, is a god and he can make anyone look good. And I feel a little bit more comfortable with the second tight end yeah, spot. Yeah, um, and and let's not forget that um, eight, our H-back, uh, what's his name? John? Is it John Lovett? What's the fullback's name? Yeah, John Lovett. That uh, he is a guy that I think sure. you should take a look at. He's got some. He's he's the kind of guy that Reed would like as a Swiss Army knife. So he's hurt right now. He's not playing, but they said some nice things about him in training camp. He could be a guy that the Chiefs keep around on the um, on the practice squad, and he might be a guy to look at at the tight end and fullback, H back kind of. Uh, um, position for the future. So, and for my last, and also Nick Kaiser's a guy like that. Uh, I yeah, thought yeah, at, yeah. at first I thought that's who you're talking about because he's Kaiser been playing. Too. He's been playing and he's looked pretty, yeah. looked pretty good last, um, last they week. They even said that uh, uh, Trent Green mentioned during the telecast. He said that Andy Reid um, reminded him of Kaiser. I think that we're all forgetting about Kaiser, but he said that he talked to Andy Reid uh, last night about the game, and he mentioned both Yelder and Bell. And Reed quickly said, "Hey, don't forget about Kaiser." Um, so that means that Reed probably likes Kaiser as well. Um, take that for what you will. Again, public telecast probably not a big thing for coaches and GMs to show their hands, but um, take it for what you will. 
And then the last bright spot on the offense uh, for right now, well, Darwin Thompson had a pretty good game. He's on this list. Yeah, I he like was what pretty Dar- good. Darwin Thompson did. I mean, we but, can't cover all the crazy things that happened in the 17-7 second preseason game. I mean, it was just so wild. Yeah, it was very wild. That's why we needed an additional show this week to talk about that, which you can probably find on, I'd say, Tuesday or Thursday, somewhere in between there. Somewhere in between those those three days, you'll find a podcast talking about this game again and previewing the next game. But for right now, let's talk about Miko Hardman, who again got the juices flowing for Chiefs fans and got people excited. Uh, personally, I really liked his game. Obviously, the touchdown was nice. Uh, I liked his route running a little bit more than people give him credit for. I think he obviously still needs to develop in that area, but I do not think that it's it's as bad as some people make it out to be throughout the Kansas City media and the national media. And then one other interesting note I had before I pass it over to you was that he was used a lot uh, in that Tyreek Hill role where he'd motion around and come into the backfield and, and do uh, certain things like that to where it's going to be interesting to see if that keeps up in the regular season or if that's just kind of a, th- a thing that they're doing right now while Hill is not playing that many snaps. I think it's more so the latter than the former, but it's interesting that they're trying to work him into doing those as well. Yeah, um, I think that that's, that's definitely what they're going to be doing with Hardman. Um, I think that Hardman is an interesting player to watch. I, I have been slow to warm up to Hardman, um, but he keeps making plays, keeps getting open. It's hard not to like a guy that keeps doing that. Um, so definitely, uh, I, I thought that uh, my first thought when he scored that touchdown was that was a great catch because he knew he had a chance of getting lit up by the safety and he held on to it all the way through, didn't bobble it, didn't look away from the ball, looked it all the way in. He has the traits of being a pure receiver. Um, now that being said, I immediately turned to the thought of, of defenses trying to scheme against a a bunch formation with Tyreek Hill, Sammy Watkins, and Miko Hardman all on the same side of the field, and it made my it made my head swim a little bit as to how they anybody planned to stop that, especially if they had Ty, uh, if they had Travis Kelsey uh, lined up on the opposite side of the field in a one on one situation. I really have no I don't think anybody could have an answer for that. I really don't. Um, so. I like the speed that the Chiefs have. I like what Hardman brings. Uh, he looked good tonight, uh, and there's no really other way to say that other than he's fast and he's he got more separation than I expected. Yeah, I think Miko looked really good, and you know, just going back to that whole motioning thing. You know, everyone knows the motion I'm talking about. If you watch the Chiefs, that weird thing where they kind of like stutter step and then motion into the running back spot and then kind of stutters up again and then snap the ball. It's all very confusing. I think that if you use him in that spot but also keep Hill on the field, there's just so much opportunity there. And, I, and obviously the Chiefs are the best head coach to utilize that uh, in Andy Reid. He'll always find some way to get everyone involved and have so many options where there's no way to cover it on defense. Yeah, I think that I think we'll see a lot of um... – a lot of snaps in a more spread out offense than we're even accustomed to. Last year we saw a bunch of shotgun formations, and I think we'll see even more this year um, with with Miko Hardman uh, running in and out and being a distraction. Tyreek Hill taking some of those same snaps, um, and it's going to be difficult for defenses to figure out how to account for both guys. 
Yeah, that was that was 26 minutes on a preseason game. Well, it's actually rolling into 27 minutes as I speak right now. Do you have anything else on this 17 to seven loss to the Steelers? You know, I I think that obviously these games get blown out of proportion, but there's not a whole lot to take from this game to blow out of proportion. Um, so I'm just going to leave it at the fact that nobody looked good to an extent. Uh, nobody even was really super flashy. I hope to see more the next time I watch a game. Um, but I mean, it's a, it's a great day to be a Chiefs fan. It's always a great day to be a Chiefs fan when Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. So, uh, let's celebrate in that and let's, uh, let's look forward to the regular season because that's what matters and that's what's exciting. Yeah, and Patrick Mahomes, who was said to have going to be playing the, the entire first half, got like halfway through the first quarter and then Andy didn't Reed's play a liar. But he's a liar. He is a liar. Let's all let's all have a riot and go up to Kansas City and and yell at Andy Reid for not playing him because for the entire he's obviously half. just the worst but, person. Andy Reid is just obviously terrible. Obviously has no morals right. either because no he scruples. lied about no scruples. But it was fun talking to you about the Chiefs again after a few weeks of you having things pop up, which is no big deal. Uh, Hopefully you'll be back with us again this coming week for our regular show. And also uh, we have a programming announcement for next week's Rapid Reaction. The Rapid Reaction is in danger of missing next week, or at least being very, very late. Because Grant is the only one of us who's local and can watch the game uh, no matter the circumstances on KCTV5, I am not local. Uh, so it's also not on NFL Network. Therefore, I will not be able to watch this game live. Instead, I'll be watching Miami versus Florida, which I have a significant amount of money on Florida plus the seven points. So I hope that they can cover that. But nonetheless, that being said, I won't be able to watch the game until, again, Sunday, whenever NFL Network replays them all and I record it and watch it again. So I won't be able to record one until Sunday afternoon. It's up to Grant and his schedule to get one out immediately, hence the name Rapid Reaction. But if he can't do it, that'll be the only game we miss because the regular season, it's all on TV, baby. NFL Sunday ticket. So I just wanted to give you guys a heads up about that. You might miss next week. We might not. Grant could come to the rescue. It could happen. Uh, My... He stepped you know, up I'm, before. I'm, I'm moving to Iowa, everybody. Um, why I'm moving to Iowa is is a complicated story. Um, but I've got a lot of stuff to do. I'm, I'm, I'm getting my master's degree. So if you could all just, like, bear with me and be my friend for a little bit, that'd be great. But if not, then that's fine, too. Uh, I'll do my best to get out of rapid reaction. No promises. But it could happen. It may not. But it could. So that's we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, and due to the nature of it being a preseason game, if Grant can't step up and, and be a team player, I'm just kidding, if Grant can't get it done, we will cover it the following uh, week as per usual and just won't have a rapid reaction to a preseason game. I'm sorry if that just demoralizes you. I know how much you guys love this podcast and love us, of course, obviously. We're your favorite two hosts who talk about the Chiefs, even though literally everyone talks about the Chiefs now because they have Patrick Mahomes. So we won't get a rapid reaction podcast out possibly next week, but that will again be the only one we miss for the rest of time. For the rest of time, I'm committing us to the next 
120 years of Rapid wow. Reaction Podcast. That'd be great if we could live that long, wouldn't it? Um, I didn't it think about happen. that before I said that, uh, about lifespans. It could happen. Science, man. But, I mean, global warming's going to kill us all it anyway, could. so it doesn't really matter. Just got to sign the Green New Deal. Anyway, let's let's get out of here at the 30-minute mark. Uh, it's, again, now creeping into that midnight time zone. Things are getting wacky. Things are getting weird. It's Arrowhead Act After Dark. Again, I have Florida plus the 7, so please pray for me that my bank account does not just come crumbling down next Saturday. It's college football season, though, so I'll be chasing... You know, come midnight, I'll be chasing Hawaii minus the three and a half. So just, it's going to get real wild for me here coming up. Grant, do you have any final words? Um, no, no, I have no final words other than uh, have a good evening if you're listening to this tonight because you are a trooper and you probably shouldn't be awake anyway. Um, and if you're listening to this tomorrow, like, good morning. Thanks for listening. Uh, and thanks for being a Chiefs fan because we're cool, you know. So that's all I got. I do think that Chiefs fans are cool. And if you want to be even cooler, you can follow us on Twitter. Mine is at Rylan underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. Grant is at Grant T-M-N Tuttle. Uh, Obviously very clever. Way more clever than I am. Again, thank you all for listening to the Rapid Reactions podcast that's now gone on for over 32 minutes. You can find us again on on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and everywhere else. Leave us a review, subscribe, do all that fun stuff that you all hear about on every show you listen to. Uh, again, follow us on Twitter, and we'll see you guys next week when we have a, a full edition of the Eurohead Podcast on the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. Be good and be good to one another. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.